This is 680 CJOB. I'm Brett McGarry. This week on the Couch Potatoes, it's our year-end special. I'm Jeff Braun, and we're counting down our top 20 favorite TV shows of 2016. And kicking it off, one of my favorite series ended for good this year. Makes me smile. The way every year we drink to the future, whatever it may bring. Well, what else could we drink to? We're going forward to the future, not back into the past. If only we had the choice. And with that, we said goodbye to Maggie Smith's Dowager Countess and everyone else at Downton Abbey for good. The British series about an earl, his family, and their servants ran for six glorious seasons, transporting us back to the early 1900s and taking us through a lot of soapy drama in everyone's lives. It was always a soap opera, just classed up a bit with the spot-on authenticity of the time in its beautiful set dressing and costumes. It was funny, tragic, and built a world, an old world, that I enjoyed visiting every week. Next up, a show called American Crime. There are pictures, have you seen them? From Oscar winner John Ridley. Someone did something to me. Felicity Huffman. Take your concerns very seriously. Timothy Hutton. Police are going to start making arrests. Lily Taylor. My son was raped. And Regina King. Boys don't do that to other boys. Nominated for three Golden Globe Awards. American Crime. New season. New story on ABC. Viewer discretion advised. American Crime is an anthology series, not to be confused with another anthology series called American Crime Story, which is from FX. More on that in a second. Rather than focusing on the mystery surrounding a crime, per se, it looks at how crime affects different people in different walks of life. Family, friends, colleagues, students, teachers, etc. Season 2 looked at a teenage boy who accuses another student of sexual assault and the chaos that ensues from that accusation. It was gut-wrenching, heartbreaking, and fabulous television, both on the technical side with some extraordinary camera work and on the performance side with excellent acting from a great ensemble cast. American Crime Season 3 is coming, no start date yet, Season 1 debuted in March 2015. Season 2 debuted in January of this year. And as Brett alluded to, a new show that surprised everyone by how good it was and probably had no business being was The People vs. O.J. Simpson, American Crime Story. Today's the day. I did not. And could not. And would not commit this crime. Still not sure how a miniseries about the O.J. Simpson trial from the mid-90s was as gripping as it was, since we knew how it was going to turn out, but it did. Uh, Not to be glib about the murders committed, but there's just something about that story that is so compelling that I think almost any iteration of it would be good, that this one didn't focus entirely on O.J. and in fact focused much more on the lawyers involved was refreshing. The episode that was all about the jury was fascinating, and the performances were great all around. Courtney B. Vance, Sarah Paulson, and Sterling K. Brown in particular earned every award they got, while David Schwimmer was shockingly better than any of us expected, and John Travolta was weirdly as weird as we did expect. And he was very good as well, just a (laughs) real winner of a show. Next up, another winner, A&E's Bates Motel. We're supposed to be together, aren't we, Norman? Yes, we are, Mother. Forever. 
dangerous. He's my son. You don't think I would know if he was dangerous? You're trying so hard to protect him that you can't see what's right around you. Woman is getting worse. Now that she's insane, or you are. He's digging a hole. Who's he digging it for? A&E has managed to give us four great seasons of a prequel to Alfred Hitchcock's movie, Psycho. This is the story of young Norman Bates, who moves into a motel with his mother, Norma, before he kills her. He's played by Freddie Highmore, while she is played by Vera Farmiga, and they are both excellent, delivering two of the best performances on television. What could have been a fairly standard tale of a boy who goes insane and starts killing people has turned out to be a rather complex examination of mental illness, family stress, and the consequences of our choices, no matter how well-intended they may be. It's always been a great show, but this season was truly exceptional, and its final two episodes were haunting and simultaneously beautiful. Looking forward to the fifth and final season, which should they you sometime in the spring. One of the funniest shows this year was, again, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. His name is Douglas, and he's coasting on looks. YOLO! You are Mr. Sassafras Jeans today. It's a dumb name for how fierce I'm being. We're strong, independent women. We're gonna have a choose-your-own-adventure. Hey, what's nose candy? That sounds harmless. Did I just watch you do drugs with a junkyard Elmo? I don't know, but I got a ton of ideas. Let's go to Red Hook with these morpids and get pregnant! Co-created by Tina Fey, the show stars Ellie Kemper as Kimmy Schmidt, a loopy young lady making her way in New York City after spending 15 years as a hostage in a bunker. Yep, it's a weird show and so much fun. Think 30 Rock, but with a heroine who's a lot more bubbly and positive than Liz Lemon was. It's just as nutty, maybe even nuttier. Kimmy is joined in her adventures by her roommate Titus, who always steals the show. He's a lazy, self-absorbed diva of an actor, except he's dirt poor and he can't act. Jane Krakowski plays a spoiled rich lady, which is actually not too far from her 30 Rock character. And Carol Kane is Kimmy's crazy landlord. Between the four of them, they have an IQ of about 50. A lot of dumb characters in a very smart comedy. Here's another smart comedy. This one is from NBC. It's called The Good Place. The Good Place is a must-watch new comedy. You are dead. Cool. Ted Danson is comedy gold, and Kristen Bell really shines. Somebody royally forked up. You can't curse here. It's bullshit. The Good Place, Thursdays after Superstore this fall on NBC. Kristen Bell plays a woman who has died and gone to the good place. Although it turns out she only got in due to a clerical error, she really should have gone to the bad place. Ted Danson plays the cosmic being who is the architect of the specific neighborhood that we see in the good place. Both actors are a joy in this series. I mean, Ted Danson is always a joy, to be quite frank. And the series itself is hugely imaginative and has some impressive visuals to back up its concept. Also, it's hilarious, exploiting its premise for all sorts of unexpected comedy, all while telling an interesting, serialized story that ends each episode with a twist. It's been on a break since November and returns January 5th for what I think are the final four episodes of the first season. Why yep. even take a break? I don't know. Stupid good place. <laughs> but it's still a great show, and I'm really looking forward it to it. sounds like classic NBC scheduling to me. <laughs> Networks. More of the Couch Potatoes year-end special coming up next. You're listening to the Couch Potatoes. 
Welcome back to the Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff. He's Brett, and it's our year-end special. We're counting down our 20 favorite TV shows of 2016, and Orange is the New Black delivered its best season ever this year. I think I pissed off the prison. I will find you! I didn't mean for us to get this bad. Oh my God! They hate me, I hate them. Our relationship is simple. Do you know the difference between pain and suffering? Pain is always there. But suffering is a choice. I'm really tired of walking around like a dog. The first three seasons of Orange were great, season four even better. Just when you thought Litchfield Prison couldn't suck any more than it already did, the inmates found out that yes indeed, it could suck a lot more. Overcrowding became an issue with an influx of new inmates, gangs became a bigger problem, as did the racial divide in the prison, and worst of all, the new crop of prison guards were scarily unqualified for their jobs. They were either way too green and in over their heads, or they had Napoleon complexes and were far too rough physically and emotionally with the prisoners. And one of the inmates died because of it, and it's one of the most excruciating, heartbreaking scenes I've ever seen, not just because of the death of a beloved character, but because it was so, so, so preventable. Orange is the New Black has a lot of comedic moments, but this season hit hardest with the drama. Yeah, didn't this show start as a It was comedy? nominated as a comedy at the Golden Globes, <laughs> and now it gets nominated as a drama. Okay. All right, moving on. I sort of can't believe I'm saying this, but Survivor is still one of the best shows on TV. All right, million-dollar rock draw. Black means you are out of this game. Reveal. Oh, my God. <sighs> Jessica, I think it's more appropriate tonight to say the game has spoken. It's time for you to go. That was the untimely demise of Jessica this past season after an impasse and a tied vote led to the contestants pulling rocks out of a bag with the Black Rock going home, a completely random way to lose a million dollars. It was just one of many fun episodes Survivor pulled off this year in its 32nd and 33rd seasons. While there's still some, of course, some friction between the contestants, a lot of the fun that has sparked in Survivor's old age comes from the players all wanting to really play. There's a lot more strategizing episode by episode as opposed to the old style of watching a majority alliance pick off everyone else one by one, which could get a little dull after a while. Now people band together on a per-tribal council basis, which just keeps things fresh and unpredictable. And more often than not now, there aren't really any sore feelings about the voting. Most of them finally get it's just a game, and it's still a lot of fun to watch. Nothing makes me crankier than watching cranky people sitting on the jury who are cranky about how they're <laughs> no longer in the game. The last jury, no, no sore losers. Not one. There, Brett, <laughs> of course oh, his name is Brett. He yeah. was kind of grumpy, but he wasn't super overt about it. You could just no. tell he had a chip on his shoulder. He was also freshly out of the game at that That's point. true. It was, it's still, it was still raw for poor <laughs> Brett. Uh, we're going to continue with our year-end special in a moment. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Brett McGarry with Jeff Braun. We are The Couch Potatoes. We're counting down our top 20 favorite television shows of 2016 in a sort of a year-end special. And right now I have a trio of shows that all debuted early this year or around a year ago. They're all sort of sci-fi, fantasy-ish. The first one, 
stars Sawyer from Lost and Laurie from The Walking Dead. They play husband-wife in a sci-fi series called Colony. Previously on Colony. My fellow colonists, welcome to day 341 of our occupation. Clear the street and return to your home! Special Agent William Bowman, former FBI fugitive hunter extraordinaire. Our hosts are tired of the insurgency. You want me to collaborate? Infiltrate the insurgency and bring us their leader. The occupation just hired my husband to hunt us down. Executive producer Carlton Cuse of Lost fame brings us Colony, which hails from the USA Network and airs on Bravo here in Canada. It's about a family in Los Angeles struggling to adapt and survive to the new world order, which has seen aliens arrive and colonize their city. Josh Holloway and Sarah Wayne Callies are being pulled apart by the collaborators and the resistance while they try to figure out the best way to protect those they care about. It's interesting because we know very little about the aliens. We didn't see them invade. They're just already there. So there's some really great drama in a grim science fiction kind of espionage setting. Season 2, by the way, starts soon, Thursday, January 12th. Next up, a show based on a series of books called The Magicians. Magic is real. What is this place? Break Bills University. Am I hallucinating? If you were, how would asking me help? This school exists to reveal your innate abilities and hone them to the highest degree. Let's see some magic. Are you guys trying to take over the world, or...? We don't teach that, but give it a go. The Magicians hails from the Sci-Fi Network and airs in Canada on Showcase. It's kind of like Harry Potter for grown-ups, I guess? It's set at a university that teaches magic, so there's swearing and drinking and smoking and sex at time, and it gets really dark at times while exploring real issues like sexual assault, PTSD, mental illness, as well as drug and alcohol abuse. And yes, this is still a show about magic. It's still fun. It's got neat visual effects, but it's also kind of dark and really cool. Season 2 debuts January 25th. And here comes that third genre show. This one, just like The Magicians, also hails from the Sci-Fi Network and is based on a series of books. This one called The Expanse. Do you miss Earth? When you spend your whole life living under a dome, even the idea of an ocean is almost impossible to imagine. The Expanse airs in Canada on space. It started last December, and I remember seeing the promos which described it as Game of Thrones in space. So I thought, well, what the heck, I'll check it out, because it started in December and there was nothing else really on TV at the time. Turns out that was actually a fairly accurate description. It's set a couple of hundred years into the future, and there are three factions of humans. There's the ones on Earth, there's the ones on Mars, and the ones on the belt, or the asteroid belt, beyond Mars. And someone is trying to start a war between all three factions. There's mystery, there's political intrigue, espionage, and spectacular special effects for a television show. T- season 2 returns to space on February 1st. 
Up next, more of the Couch Potatoes year-end special as we continue to count down our top 20 favorite television shows of 2016. You're listening to the Couch Potatoes. Welcome back to the Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff. He's Brett. We're counting down our 20 favorite TV shows of 2016. And Netflix delivered a very fun new show this year called Stranger Things. I know the worst thing that's ever happened here in the four years I've been working here. It was when an owl attacked Eleanor Gillespie's head because it thought that her hair was a nest. 99 out of 100 times, kid goes missing. The kid is with a parent or a relative. What about the other time? What? You said 99 out of 100. What about the other time? The one! The show, Stranger Things, is set in the 80s in a small Indiana town called Hawkins, where a lot of strange things are about to happen. A 12-year-old kid goes missing, his friends try to find him, but instead stumble upon a mysterious girl who goes by the name of Eleven. There's a mysterious government energy facility on the edge of town that is definitely a part of the Stranger Things. It's run by Matthew Modine, who's also looking for young Eleven. And there's Renona Ryder, as we heard in the clip, the mom of the missing boy. She's a little hysterical for too long in the show. The shrieking got annoying, and David Harbour as the police chief of Hawkins. It's all got a very fun Stephen King meets E.T. meets the Goonies vibe going on. A fun romp with an engaging story, wonderful performances, especially by the five tweens involved, which is a pretty major accomplishment. We know, Brett, bad acting has ruined a lot of good shows and movies over the years. From kids? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but in Stranger Things, they're all solid. It was one of the best surprises of the year. Next up for me, the History Channel series, Vikings. You're a witch. I didn't take your husband. He chose to be with me. And I've dreamed of taking back my home. You shall have back your heart and home. Why have you taken so long to return? It's part of a larger and bolder strategy. You are the most dangerous man on this earth. Don't be afraid. Vikings is a Canadian-Irish production set at the beginning of the Viking Age in the year 793, that's when it started at least, inspired by tales of raiding Norsemen, specifically Ragnar Lothbrok, his crew and family. As far as I understand, the show has managed to stay relatively accurate from a historical perspective, all while providing wild entertainment with a solid ensemble cast. For season four, Vikings got supersized, expanding from 10 episodes to 20. The first 10 episodes aired earlier in the year. The second 10 are airing now, and it has been excellent, providing all kinds of ferocious battles and outstanding drama, led by Travis Fimmel's maniacal performance as King Ragnar, who manages to say so much while saying very little. Maybe the most expressive eyes on television. Five episodes left in season four before another 20 episode season in 2017. A weird show got even weirder in season two. It's Mr. Robot. Remember the night of the hack? Remember what happened to you? All I remember is I woke up three days later. And what happened in those three days? Mr. Robot did a better job than Westworld, which we'll get to in a bit, of not having people guess its secrets, but it didn't do much better at that, even still outside of what is the deal with Elliot in the first few episodes. I never got ahead of it. The last few episodes had some great twists I didn't see coming, mostly involving the FBI investigation. Elliot, the computer hacker, felt the noose tighten around him in season two. 
as the FBI followed the breadcrumbs left behind by Elliot and his organization. The show gets to screw around with the viewer a lot, given that Elliot is the dictionary definition of an unreliable narrator. We don't know if what he's telling us is real, because most of the time he's not sure himself. Rami Malek is perfect in the role. You very much buy that he is not quite involved with our version of reality, which led to a pretty perfect acceptance speech when he won the Emmy for Best Actor in the Fall. Please tell me you're seeing this too. <laughs> I wouldn't want every show to be like Mr. Robot, but I do enjoy having one show that will pull the rug out from under me from time to time. My favorite comedy this year, Brett, was Veep. Well, how am I doing? So much I'm son. Hey! What? This is an elementary school. Watch your spewing mouth, you animal! <laughs> the White House comedy starring Julia Louis-Dreyfus as the vice president was hilarious as always this year. It's a rare show that deserves to win awards year after year after year. Besides all the regular machinations the show goes through to show how messed up presidential politics is, this year benefited greatly from giant moron Jonah's run for Congress, we heard in the clip there. Aided by his sidekick, and for my money, the funniest supporting role on TV, Richard Splett. Actually, you know what, I could email you, or you know, you could email me at uh, splett2 at splettnet.net. Splett one's my father. I mean, it'll be sad to see him go, but it'll be nice to get my hands on that handle, you know. With those two guys in charge of anything, it's amazing Washington didn't burn to the ground. More of the Couch Potatoes year-end special coming up in a moment. You are listening to the Couch Potatoes. Brett McGarry, Jeff Run, we are the Couch Potatoes. It's our year-end special. We're counting down our top 20 television shows of 2016, our favorite series. And next up is the Breaking Bad prequel spinoff, Better Call Saul. It's showtime, folks. I'm a lawyer, not a criminal. I want you to be happy. You didn't Slipping Jimmy with a law degree is like a chimp with a machine gun. I remember you saying something about doing the right thing. Well, you know what? It's never stopping me again. This year was season two of the AMC drama as we continue to see Jimmy McGill's transformation into the eventual scumbag lawyer Saul Goodman that we got to know so well on Breaking Bad. Season one was outstanding due largely to Bob Odenkirk's excellent and layered performance as the lead character, along with a solid supporting cast that includes Jonathan Banks, Rhea Seahorn, and Michael McKean as his brother Chuck. Season 2, even better, as we watch the circumstances that lead Jimmy to the dark side continue to unfold, in particular his strained and downright tragic relationship with his brother. We're also getting to know the supporting cast better, especially Mike, played by Banks, who has far more to him than we ever got to see on Breaking Bad. My favorite new show this year, the one I had been anticipating the most and the most different show of the year, was Westworld. This behavior, we're miles beyond the glitch here. What are your drives? To meet my maker. The premise of Westworld still blows my mind, an Old West live theme park where you get to play cowboy, but everyone in the park, other than the tourists, are lifelike robots, crazy town. 
Add in all the little mysteries they throw at you, the coy way they structure the show to keep you wondering about timelines, who's real and who's maybe a robot, and when the robots might gain some real sentience and rise up against the humans. A lot of fun, not only to watch, but to nerd out about online. More was written about Westworld on the internet this year than any other show, I believe. There wasn't a whole lot of real heart to it, but I was overcome by the premise, the look of the show, and great performances by everyone, most notably Tandy Newton, Jeffrey Wright, and Evan Rachel Wood. My favorite new show of 2016 was the NBC drama This Is Us. This is the tradition. Let's take your day. This is the family. This is the show that's become an obsession. Now a Critics' Choice nominee for Best Drama. Your family's amazing. This is the celebration you don't want to miss. I want every Thanksgiving to be like this for the rest of my life. New This Is Us. From all the new shows from the fall season, This Is Us is probably the biggest hit when you combine its rating success with viewers and its success with critics. As you heard, it was nominated for Best Drama for the Critics' Choice Awards. It starts off about three people from different walks of life, all 36 years old, all born on the same day, and we also meet a young couple getting ready to have kids. And the way the pilot episode brings them all together is quite magical. This Is Us has an outstanding ensemble cast, which includes Sterling K. Brown, Mandy Moore, Milo Ventimiglia, Chrissy Metz, Justin Hartley, and Gerald McCraney, and a whole bunch of talented kids. It's a schmaltzy show, and some have accused it of being emotionally manipulative, the way that it tugs at our heartstrings, but I don't care! It makes me cry almost every episode, whether it's tears of sadness or tears of joy. And I'm okay with that. This Is Us is amazing. Up next, our favorite shows of 2016. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Welcome back to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff. He's Brett. We're doing our top 20 favorite TV shows of 2016, and we're down to the wire here. Our favorite shows of the year. I got a bit of a caveat, Brett. The last two years, numbers one and two on my list were Fargo and The Leftovers. Neither of those shows aired this year. They're all coming back for season three in the early spring, I think. Okay. I don't. I know uh, which was it. The Leftovers are definitely coming back in April. I don't think they've announced when Fargo's coming back, but it'll be sometime this year. So they're off the table. They're awesome shows, though. If you haven't seen them, you should get caught up before season three. But my favorite show this year was The Americans. Do you think that you could ask them to tell you more about what they do? If people are getting hurt, we have a responsibility. We have to get them out. It's not over. If we move fast, we might be okay. What do you have? You want to run? Most of the people to go with the way we I'm not! I'm so sorry, Mom. We're in trouble. I know. The Americans is the rare show that keeps getting better and better every season. They're through four seasons now with two more to go. And if they keep it up, they'll go down as one of the best shows ever. If you haven't seen it, it's this. Carrie Russell and Matthew Reese play Elizabeth and Philip Jennings, a seemingly normal married couple in suburban Washington, D.C. in the 1980s. They have two kids, they own their own little travel agency, and the Jennings seem like the typical American family, but... 
They're not typical. They're not even Americans. Elizabeth and Philip are actually KGB spies. So the show is a Cold War spy thriller slash family drama, and both sides of that coin are continuously melting into each other. Like Breaking Bad, The Americans is basically one long story that keeps building on itself. There's no reset button after every episode or every season. This year, the big problem outside of the spy stuff, which is always a problem, was what to do with their teenage daughter Paige, who is a growing young lady, obviously has a lot of drama attached to her, throw in the spy wrinkle and parenting becomes a whole new ball game. This year they also started either killing off or otherwise removing main characters from the picture. Some character stories had come to an end and they got their logical, if it was heartbreaking, it was heartbreaking conclusions. Great stuff all around. The show will be back in the spring on FX Canada and I cannot recommend highly enough that you check it out and catch up. I have been meaning to get around. Do it. To that. I keep waiting for them to show a marathon or something on FX, but I don't think they do. So I'll have to seek it out. A season marathon that would be something doing. I probably wouldn't have room on my PVR. Anyway, (laughs) my favorite show of 2016, HBO's Game of Thrones. Stand at the head of our army where you belong. Show them what Lannisters are. What we do to our enemies. real war is between the living and the dead. And make no mistake, the dead are coming. Season 6 cleaned up once again at the Emmys in September with 11 trophies this year, including Best Drama for the second year in a row. And it has won more Emmys now than any fictional show in history with 38 versus Frasier's 37. Here's how I described the show last year when I declared it my favorite show of 2015. Game of Thrones had everything. It had drama, action, visual effects, horror, and more oh my god moments than I can count. Well, for season six, I think I would say pretty much the same with a significant addition. Season six was more fun. Season five was great, but it was tough to watch because our heroes all found themselves in dire straits. Season six finally saw the tide begin to turn in favor of the good guys. I loved it so much, and shortly after Season 6 ended, I watched the entire series again. Sadly, Game of Thrones Season 7 will not debut in its usual April time slot. We're going to have to wait until the summer. How do you know this? That's what I do. I drink, and I know things. I'm never going to get tired of playing that clip. That's your favorite line, maybe in the history of television, eh, Brad? (laughs) It's just so versatile. I can use it in so many situations. So 2016, a solid year. Over... Over four, I think there were 455 yeah, scripted shows to that choose from. That is nuts. <clears throat> and those were the best 20. Well, the, well uh, Survivors the, are wasn't scripted. But. Well, the, of, of the ones that we watched. I know. I mean, I kept track. Remember last year I said I would watch yeah. fewer you should, television you do shows? because you feel bad about yourself if you keep track like this. Oh my God, well, he's got a TV oh. diary. Yeah, well, it's because I, I, I just had this random stack of, of notes, that like yeah. random notes that were piling up, and somebody left this fancy journal in our studio here at work, so I kept <laughs> so it. it I kept it, and I, and I transcribed all the How shows. How many shows did you watch this year? Well, last year I got up to 62, and in 2016, 64. Oh my God. So my, 64. my, my vow to watch fewer television shows and go see them, go to the movies more. If you're doing the math, 
Brett watched 64 shows this year, which is insane for a human being, <laughs> but it's 15% of what there were. Yeah. That's, that's the insanity. Good math right on the Thank spot. You. You're a smart guy, Jack Braun. So I am looking for, I, I really did want to go see more, more films, but to be fair, there weren't as many films that really compelled me out. No, me neither. So I don't know if it was just a bad year at the movies. Maybe next week we'll actually try to <laughs> try to drum up uh, our favorite movies of 2016 because <laughs> we didn't go to we, see the movies yeah. this year. It's too much good TV. Lots of good television. And we'll just quickly mention this while we have about 30 seconds left. Sherlock yes! returns on, what is it, January 1st? New Year's Day. That is outstanding. On so, the Peebs, PBS. Yeah, we're, and we're getting it at the same time, I think, as they are across the Apparently, pond. Apparently, yeah. So that's kind of yeah. cool. I Season checked four. on PBS website, and it's happening. Season four of Sherlock, year of 2017, off to a great start. Mm-hmm. That's all the time we have. I'm Brett. He's Jeff. We are the Couch Potatoes. Remember, if it requires getting up off the couch, don't bother. This is 680 CJOB.